Lord, open thou our lips.
A reading from the book of Exodus. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other Pua, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it's a boy, kill him, but if it's a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They didn't do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they're vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
A reading from the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thank you. 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. that we 
Hello and welcome. Greetings to those of you joining us here in person. We welcome those of you who are joining us online. And we, of course, welcome our friends from St. Paul's. It is wonderful to hear the choristers of St. Paul's once again. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to Kelsey Ferguson for your, for your leadership and guidance. And of course, it just sounds wonderful here in the cathedral. So thank you all. We're so glad that you are here. We invite you to join us afterwards for um, a meal. We have soup and sandwiches. I think the soup is veggie, uh, a ve a veggie soup veggie soup and sandwiches um, uh, for $8 donation if you're able to. Otherwise, uh, please join us um, uh, anyway. And of course, we hope this is just one of several major liturgical events that you're planning to take part in. We are looking forward to the consecration and ordination of Bishop-elect Anne this coming Saturday. Jesse had a minor role in bringing this to fruition, uh, and we're grateful to that. And because you didn't have enough to do, you're preaching with us this evening. So thank you for, for over-functioning and making us all look really bad. We welcome Jesse Dodson as our preacher this evening, of course, from St. Paul's Cleveland Heights. Welcome. May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Despite whatever over-functioning might be happening at this moment, it is good to be here. And as soon as I walked into this space and I happened to walk in as the choristers were singing the Nunc Dimittis, I knew at that moment this is exactly where I need to be tonight, worshiping in a beloved place with you all, these people, many of whom I know and love. So it is good to be here. And as I prepared for tonight and looked at the readings, I realized, and I don't know actually how many of you all realize this, but these are the exact texts that we heard the last time, well, the last spring that St. Paul's Cleveland Heights joined us, joined Evensong here. It was the same feast day in the year, that honoring Zita of Tuscany. So I was interested in that, and I realized um, in somewhat of a rare way, I actually remembered the sermon that was given that night. It was not given by me. Um, but the Reverend Peter Foss, then of Christ Church Shaker, preached a sermon about the importance of doing small things with great love. And I was so comforted by that message that he wove from Zita's life. And I actually remember that it was after that service, almost a year, tomorrow it will be exactly a year ago, that I headed upstairs to the diocesan archives. And there I met with the Reverend Dr. Brian Wilbert, our diocesan archivist, and he gave me all sorts of information about past Episcopal transitions and consecrations. And I marveled that the work that was begun that night will come to fruition, as BJ was just alluding to, in three days when we ordain and consecrate our 12th Bishop of Ohio, the Reverend Ann Jolly. This historic consecration will feature, again, the voices of these young people who will come and sing an anthem during communion at that service at public auditorium. So as we revisit the saint of the day, I know that some of us will have heard these scriptures for the first time, and for others, it will be a renewal. 
But for those who may not call to mind the details of St. Zita's life, I'll remind you that she was a lowly servant from Tuscany. According to the biographies of saints, she was oppressed and mistreated throughout her entire life. But what is remembered about her is her kindness, that she was always kind even to her oppressors, and that before and after her days of work as a servant, she devoted herself to prayer. If I'm really honest with all of you, I'm not exactly sure what to make of the story of Zita. I don't quite know what to do with how we've remembered her, that we applaud her for being kind, yes, good, of Jesus, but that she was kind to those who abused her for a whole life. It leaves me wondering what we are to make of that kind of story and that kind of life. So although I'm not entirely sure what to make of her story, I know that I am grateful that we remember her. I'm grateful that the compilers of history, those so often with power, didn't overlook her story, even though it might be uncomfortable to witness. And likewise, I'm grateful that we remember some of the other women we hear about in scripture tonight, like Shifra and Pua, who we hear about in the appointed text from Exodus. The book of Exodus begins just 15 verses before where our reading begins tonight, and the stage is being set for that story. The Israelites are suffering under the hand of the Egyptians. They, like Zita, are overworked, under or unpaid, And the story we hear tonight begins by telling us that Pharaoh was resorting to genocidal tactics of ethnic cleansing, to put it in today's language. He told the midwives of the Israelite women to kill all the baby boys, thereby undercutting the future of their race. And yet these women, Shifra and Pua, whose names we remember, stood up to that power. For the first time in the book of Exodus, the name God is mentioned in their context that they feared God. And they saved those little babies all that they could. And you may not be as tuned in with the the sequence of the Bible from here, but one of the babies in that time that was born was Moses. And that little baby Moses would grow up to deliver the Israelites from their slavery. Shifra and Pua couldn't have grasped the full impact of what they were doing. They were midwives not only of the lives of children, but of a future yet unborn. They were doulas for justice. And we remember their names alongside the name of Zita. I'm struck tonight by some of the overlapping themes in our stories, songs, and prayers. And the midwife imagery has, for me, of course, thinking about birth. Birth as slow and unpredictable and messy and transformative. And the outcome almost totally out of our control. 
And I think so it is with the life of faith or the work of justice, slow, messy, transformative, beyond us and yet also somehow dependent on us. So as we conjure these courageous images of birth and midwives, I think of the anthem that we're about to hear, that we'll hear again on Saturday at the consecration, about the call of wisdom, the voice of love that was present when Shifra and Pua did their courageous work, present when Zita was born, present when you were born. The words that speak to us, I am here, I am with you, I have called, do you hear me? As we remember the named and unnamed saints of the great cloud of witnesses, may we listen for and may we hear in the music of our young people the assurance of God's presence the assurance of God's love that is leading us into a future we can only barely imagine. Amen.
Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companion in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in Scripture and the breaking of the bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen. Together let us pray the second prayer on page three. Be present, Spirit of God, within us, your dwelling place and home that this house may be one where all darkness is penetrated by your light, all troubles calmed by your peace, all evil redeemed by your love, all pain transformed in your suffering, and all dying glorified in your risen life. Amen. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.